A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, By Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. Thank you to our sponsor, Rising Tide Brewing. They take time and pride in giving back to the greater Portland community. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you listeners for tuning into In The Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and our special guest today slash interviewer is Donna Eckert. Please introduce yourself. Hi, in addition to being Flo's spouse, I'm a retired librarian, an urban farmer, and a professional volunteer. Today, the shoe is on the other foot. We're hearing from your normal host, Flo Edwards. So Flo, please introduce yourself. Wow, it's uh, really weird being on the other side of the mic, so to speak. Uh, yeah, um, I'm a general dentist in South Portland, and I've been doing that for, I can tell I'm getting older, which I like when it comes to being a professional. So I've been doing that for uh, 12 years now. Yeah, yeah, over 10. And I was in the army for a little bit. Um, my folks moved to Maine when I was 12, back in the early 90s. Um, I also volunteer. Uh, I'm a board member at Equality Maine. I've been doing that for a handful of years. I've got two black labs that we, we share, but I feel like that is part of my identity as well. Um, I'm married, yeah. And, yeah, and I try to, like, I'm almost like a hobbyist, and I try to have interest in uh, multiple things every couple of years or so. And so I have In the Pocket, which is a local community radio show where we focus on BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color, Mainers. So you grew up here in Maine, left, and then at some point came back. What brought you back? Yeah, well, you know, I think I always visited almost annually uh, for most of that time, except the late 2010s, is that 2010s, I guess. Um, but yeah, I left because there's a big world out there and I wanted it to feel smaller. I really knew that... Well, actually, I didn't know that Maine was an awesome place until I kept visiting as an adult or young adult. And then, uh, but I left because I went to undergrad and I went in the Chicago area at Lake Forest College. And 
that's how it began. Um, but yeah, I came back because I really enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy having a bit of urban life without it actually feeling like a, a city. I wanted a small town vibe. Um, I also really like the ocean and I miss the smell of the ocean. I like having seasons. I think that's really nice. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes I kick myself in the butt when it's like the dead of winter. <laughs> um, but last, you know, not all winters are brutal. And I think when the snowstorms are somewhat paced out a little bit, that helps versus like back to back. Um, but then it is really gorgeous when, when there's a lot of snow. It is beautiful here. Um, coming from the Midwest, I'm often startled by how many different kinds of beauty there are in Maine. Um, what are some of your favorite spots of visit around the state? Uh, favorite spots? Often, it sounds like it's so close, but I do enjoy a good little Higgins Beach in the summer. It's a great way for the dogs to be at a beach, and they love some beach. I also like going to Lubeck area so the Cobbs Cook State Park is usually where I'll camp um, or we camp and that's just like you know going there every time I camp is always like I, I could do that and be very happy I think for many a year it's such a open and rugged area the Gold Coast where else uh, yeah those are like two highlights and then I like just, uh, I like breweries. I don't know if that counts as a place to, to visit. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, and I think what was nice about the pandemic is, too, was that I really appreciated where I was living. Like I really like being at home as well as exploring other parts of Maine. Nice. Um, so one of the things uh, that you mentioned in your um, intro of yourself that you have a lot of hobbies that come and go. Um, one of those that I think is interesting is that you make um, a tooth polish. Um, I assume that grew out of your love of dentistry. Can you tell me a little bit more about that that you make? Yeah, um, I'm glad, glad, gladly to tell you more <laughs> about that. Um, so in fact, this uh, weekend I will be um, selling this polish at the Maker's Market. Um, it's going to be at Thompson's Point. Oh. No, it's actually Congress Square Park. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Sometimes Congress Square Park. Sometimes they happen at Thompson's. <laughs> this one's at Congress Square Park. I know because I wrote it down. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and we'll also be attending. Uh, thank you. Yeah, at Congress Square Park, um, which is a nice, uh, definitely a nice space. And I think we'll get a lot of good traffic. So that's good. But my love of uh, tooth polish started, I was in college and was thinking about it. And it was kind of right when I was done with college and I was thinking about dentistry. So I was studying for the dental admissions test, the DAT. Um, I always thought that was a cute little abbreviation for a test, yeah. Um, and so studying for that and also um, the staying in touch with a, a fellow dental mentor, um, I really thought how that would be a great mark. Like, um, we have a history, I guess, as Mainers as making toothpaste when you think of problems of Maine. 
Um, so it, it seems something that I could kind of relate to somebody who lived in the state who wanted to make something that we use for cosmetic, but in a health way and a way that was not um, as chemically based. When I think of chemicals, I think of things that, yeah, they are probably hard to pronounce, but are things that are the the planet doesn't really break down very well. Um, and I think about things that are weird colors, um, like bright neon blue and green toothpaste. And it's like, what, what is that? Like, that's not natural at all. And there are plenty of natural greens and blues, but toothpaste never seems to look natural to me when it's those colors. So I thought about it um, before dental school, but as I was getting into it and just never really got the wheels in motion until um, about four years ago where I think I made you uh, try uh, terrible (laughs) (laughs) first run batches. (laughs) They were terrible. Well, that's why it it took like a year before I actually felt like I could uh, present it to the public. And um, that included uh, Sama uh, Abdiri giving me a a connection to the Portland Co-op and um, having a little interview there and then that is also where you can pick up uh, Dr. Flo's tooth polish. That's nice. Can you tell me what makes it different from the toothpaste that people might buy in a regular store? Yeah, uh, one thing is the packaging. It's a reusable glass container. And when I say reusable, I'm not recollecting them. You can, as a consumer, reuse them. I like them for uh, when traveling is truly safe or if you're still getting out there and braving it. Thank you. Um, Keeping the world going round. Um, It's great for, because they're two ounce containers. So it's great for like putting in your lotions or conditioner while you're traveling as well. One thing I like it for. Um, but yeah, that's that's one part that's really good. The packaging, you know, reusable um, makes things more sustainable um, all the way around. So I think that's really important. Um, and the ingredients themselves are really basic and natural and are meant to help your body um, stay or your oral cavity stay at a basic pH level so that you are less prone to getting a cavity or basically having demineralization, losing the the solid crystal structure of the enamel. Um, And so how I do that is keeping it very basic and promoting salvation or salivation. (laughs) 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 Different product, (laughs) different product, but promoting uh, salivating because your teeth are supposed to be wet and they're supposed to be moist and they're supposed to be wet by things that allow the crystalline structures to stay in in one place and to not lose um, the structure and therefore becoming cavitated. Um, So coconut oil, uh, almond oil, baking soda, Himalayan sea salts, uh, bentonite clay, and xylitol, are like the main, excuse me, and calcium are the main ingredients and they are there to keep positive minerals in your saliva and promote salivation. (laughs) I want to say salvation again, but to promote salivation and uh, 
So, and then the essential oils that I like to use in the two flavors that I have, they both have a base of eucalyptus, tea tree oil, and cypress. And those are there to be antibacterial, antifungal, as well as antiviral, which are things that are, like it's good to have a normal flora that has a little bit of bacteria and a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but you only want the good ones there. You don't want the bad ones. So those um, those uh, essential oils are focused on keeping it to the proper uh, flora that should be in your mouth. Um, the two flavors that I have, uh, I really love the names of them. It's like a little play on words. One is a uh, rosemint, and I live in the Rosemont neighborhood, so it's kind of like tongue in cheek about that. But it's a uh, peppermint and rosemary and it's not a rose flavor it's rosemary which is very um, earthy and herbal and really kind of cuts down the peppermint flavor so if I was thinking of it as a food it kind of makes it more like a savory note and I do think that peppermint is great for fresh breath but it also is antibacterial as well um, and our bodies do like peppermint um, the other flavor is tea for tooth and tea for tooth um, it's t-e-a for tooth and so basically that is two tea flavors uh, bergamot and chamomile which are actually good for your gum tissues as well and a lot of people don't like peppermint flavors but they still want a flavor and I thought having something that was approachable like bergamot and chamomile, very common flavors that most people have heard of. Um, I thought that would be great. And as essential oil, they tend to have a sweetness to them. So it's almost like a fruity uh, note. And I think it's just refreshing as well. Um, I think people associate tea flavors with uh, caffeine a little bit. So I think it, it has that nice like perk um, even if it's a pseudo, <laughs> pseudo perk. Um, so I, uh, since you are a dentist and also my dentist, I trust you about the science behind why it works and why it's good for the mouth. So I just use it and that's great. But one thing I noticed as somebody who doesn't really know what all that science is behind it, that I used to wake up in the morning and feel like I had a little film on my teeth. And I thought that was just because when you wake up in the morning, your teeth are dirty. But it turns out when I use your tooth polish, I don't wake up with that film on my teeth anymore. Can you tell me a little bit about what that's about? Because it's my absolute favorite thing. Yeah, thank you. Um, you're hired. <laughs> so what's nice about this tooth polish is what it doesn't have in it either. So a lot of whitening toothpaste will have like plastic in it. And that is used as an abrasive to help break up the stain. Um, so that your teeth look whiter. And when it comes to the skin on your teeth, so to speak, <laughs> um, that is uh, enhanced by glycerin. And a lot of tooth uh, toothpaste have glycerin in them. And glycerin is used often to just help all the other ingredients in the toothpaste um, kind of congeal and stay together. Mm -hmm. But in your mouth, it increases and makes the what's called the pellicle 
So basically, it's natural to have a little bit of feeling like you've got a skin on your teeth in the morning. That's not an unhealthy thing. Um, but with the glycerin, it increases that and it doesn't make that skin on your tooth as protective as it could be. And it kind of causes it to stay in a way that when you do brush your teeth and the pellicle is supposed to be removed at some point so that you don't get a stain buildup, it makes it harder to get rid of that. Nice. Well, I will say um, I, I really enjoy using it partly because it doesn't taste like something fake. It tastes like something you might eat. And also because of that, uh, because I always hated that sort of sweater feeling on my teeth in the morning and it's just not there. Um, and I think it's pretty cool that somebody who's doing dentistry has decided to make a tooth polish. Can we kind of circle back around and talk a little bit about being a dentist? Um, I was wondering um, what it's like to have a job that um, where you feel like or where people say they don't want to come place that you work. Dentists have been known to have like some of the highest suicide rates out of a lot of professions. Um, and I don't know if part of that is, and I had a, a friend mention this uh, theory, that we normally think of a, a dentist as being a white male. And so for a white male to be in a situation where people don't want to see them or interact with them like that, um, is more disturbing to them possibly and that could have been why the suicide rate was that high um, but for me I realized that it actually doesn't have much to do with me it has to do with usually um, a bad experience that they've had prior or that they have this weird shame about whatever might be going wrong even if there's absolutely nothing wrong in their mouth. Like, I feel like people are very highly critical of themselves and looking in somebody's mouth and, you know, technically having a finger in someone's mouth or, or two um, is definitely very intimate, <laughs> you know? And so it's a very intimate act. And I feel like it's like the same way a lot of people or a lot of women wouldn't want to be like, I love the gynecologist. They're like, no, I, I really don't like those exams. and. And no, I don't really want to do a pap smear kind of thing. So it's kind of similar along those lines where it's something that's really important for people to do, um, but nobody really wants it to happen. So if, if you hear some snoring, uh, Montgomery, one of our dogs, is he is calling the hogs tonight. Um, yeah, and so I think it's been how I feel about it. I don't know. I guess I don't really think about it because I know that I'm... I'm serving a good need. I love what I do, like actually working on the teeth. And I think that's it. Like, yeah, the people are fine, but like, give me the teeth. Like I am I am here for these teeth and these teeth technically do not have a brain. So these teeth think nothing of it. They're like, yeah, you made me better. Or <laughs> did you see how good looking I am? Oh, did you notice I had a talent cusp? Like uh, talent cusp is like extra enamel behind uh, an incisor, but it, it's really unique, it's unique anatomy feature or anatomical feature um yeah so yeah I, th I think that's how I, I I focus on it like it's I'm here for the teeth I'm not here necessarily because this person's afraid because they still showed up and even if they don't they're still here so I'm gonna make the most of this time and you know often it's kind of like having a first date with people 
you know, once or twice a year. You kind of get to know them a little bit, but it still can be very fresh and exciting. And you've been a dentist in a lot of different settings. Um, in the Army, which that was news to me that dentists in the Army are actually in the Army, not just a civilian doing dentistry on people who are in the military. Um, you've been in um, a, a large commercial practice and you've done some nonprofit dentistry and now you're in a smaller private practice. Do you have a favorite setting for doing dentistry? Of course, I, I feel like I have to say where I'm at like, <laughs> is my favorite. Like, um, I think that's one of the things that I love about dentistry is that I get into that moment of working on a tooth. And so um, where I'm at now is definitely my favorite, but I loved all the others uh, at some point or another, you know, um, being a dentist in the army, you're kind of like, it's so, uh, I was gonna say communism, but it's- um, Socialism. It's socialism. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the patients that I was seeing them were actually being paid to be there. Like they were on the clock. Um, and so I enjoyed that for their own benefit because now uh, often people are not on the clock and that can be kind of a hassle to your access of care. So um, at the free clinic, I enjoyed that because it, I felt like I was back to doing pure dentistry, very similar to the army where it didn't really matter what something cost because nobody was paying for it. It was just provided and that was great. Um, it, I liked being at a bigger commercial practice. Um, they have a name too, like a DPO or something. Um, I, I enjoyed that. I really learned so much about really just what I'm capable of. Um, and, and I mean that in a very, like, very deep way of, you know, I think pressure makes diamonds. So, yeah. So that was the more pressured of your work experience. What's good about the kind of practice you're at now? Like, what do you like about that? I kind of, well, actually, I'm really enjoying the small town vibe. Uh, you know, I'm seeing people I went to high school with. I'm seeing their parents uh, and other family members. I'm, I saw my pharmacist just a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Um, I saw my... Uh, um, Fishmonger, uh, somebody who sells fish. Uh -huh. Yeah, fishmonger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw him uh, this week. Um, and I'm just seeing people that I see in town, and that I also am a, a, a receive their services as well. And so I love that full circleness. Um, I'm seeing. Well, my dad had has passed um, in like ten years, but. Like I'm running to people that he worked with and people like, oh, Charlie Edwards, like, even though he hated being called Charlie, like hated it, but he just let people do it because he's like, that's just what people are going to do. They're going to call you Charlie, they're going to call you Doug. Like that's, I've got name Charles, so. Um, but yeah, I, I like that small town vibe for sure. I, um, and I think that that's the thing that was really missing from, um, a high pressured job before is that I didn't feel like I was as humanized. Um, and I think when, even though I have those bonds with people, like they still probably don't like be at the dentist. 
Um, <laughs> but I try to make the experience pleasant and um, yeah, so. Yeah, one of the things that um, I hear in what you're saying about your front job um, is sort of a sense of community. And I feel like in a lot of the things that you do, community is really important to you. In fact, I feel like you started this podcast to sort of uh, build a sense of community uh, for yourself and for other people. Can you talk a little bit about that? about forming community in Maine? Yeah, um, so I learned this phrase uh, from Adila Muhammad about the third place and having a way based that community, the third place is community. So it's not necessarily work, it's not school, it's not necessarily church, but it's the way like you interact with your neighbor across the street, you know? Um, so, oh man, I kind of forgot the question. Was I on the right track? <laughs> You're on the right track. I was asking about um, building community and how this podcast and maybe some of your other endeavors like Fourth Friday are part of building community for people of color here in Maine. Yeah. And yes. So, yeah, I mean, this started because of the pandemic. Like I just re-upped my training with WMPG and... I was going to do a disco show because I collect vinyl records, or I shouldn't say collect, I just have. I don't collect them anymore. and But I never played them, and I wanted to play them. But with the Black Lives Matter movement and the pandemic, I kind of felt like people needed a way to talk. And I felt like maybe BIPOC uh, Mainers, since I'm one of those, or all of that, um, needed a, a way to build their businesses, promote their businesses, promote their um, programming and or and and talk. That is why In The Pocket came about. And that's what keeps it going, just a way for people and myself to not feel isolated and not feel alone. Because um, I hadn't, even when I started the show, I wasn't actually still, I wasn't even working in my town that I lived in or very close to it. And it was hard. It's hard to meet people when you work, you know, 30 minutes where, where from where you live, because you're not going out for lunch. And even if I did work here, I probably wouldn't, I still don't go out for lunch. Like I still bring lunch because <laughs> lunch is expensive and it adds up. Uh, and, and yeah, and I think you just make better meals when you're eating things that you are prepared at home um but yeah so starting having a community is really important and i think when people yes maine is like the whitest state but i think saying that yes it acknowledges it but it also is a way to try to keep it that way and i feel that maine's a pretty it's got i mean especially southern maine but we're everywhere black people are everywhere the diaspora is everywhere and and it's hard to communicate with people when they're everywhere. Even though there is the internet, it's still hard to feel like a community, at least me, I don't know, I'm old school, but I think it's hard to just feel like there's a community when it's just on a, a screen. Um, and so it's, and I wanted to talk to people and I wanted to have an excuse to like get to know people. Um, and I felt like having a, a talk show with <laughs> would help me do that because um, I've had some hobbies where it's not as social like brewing beer yes you can share the beer with people but this seems way more um, community building sure I think it's it's done that um, uh, maybe some of your listeners don't know that we actually 
host the podcast uh, here at the house often. Uh, during the pandemic, it was in the yard. And so all the sounds you hear are the sounds of where we live. And I think it's been nice to build that sort of thing here in our home. So let's keep the community going by telling people where they can find you. Uh, what's the book, Flo? Oh, I love your segue. You are you are hired. How can people reach me? Uh, I work at Breakwater Dentistry, um, and it's in South Portland. That's one great way to reach me. We're breakwaterdentistry.com. Um, we are accepting new patients, and we are LGBTQ and BIPOC friendly, and um, the whole staff is all female, which I think is pretty cool as well. Um, and then the other way to reach me is drflows.com. That is for tooth polish. And um, I really do kind of prefer to sell it wholesale. You can pick up Dr. Flo's tooth polish at the Portland Co-op. And it's also going to be available this Saturday at the Maker's Mark Market on Congress Square Park. And what are the hours of that market? It is from 11 to 3. Excellent. I hope people find you there. Yes, thank you. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And thank you, Donna, for being uh, my interviewer. A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, Look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.